This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings all. Thanks so much for joining me for this very special installment of the show featuring a conversation with Eric Danielson from the Swedish black metal horde, Watain. I'm so thrilled to be able to bring you this one here. I wasn't sure if a chat would eventuate uh, on the promotional trail for The Agony and Ecstasy of Watain, the new album from the lads for 2022. But lo and behold, it happened. There was only a few slots allocated for Australia, and thank God I got one of them. Maybe thank God isn't the right way of describing it, but either way, way, I, uh, I do feel rather thrilled to bring you this chat with the man himself. Now, a few points before we dive into the conversation. My internet connection was rather garbage, which cut off the conversation toward the end so there's not too many issues in terms of cut off conversation throughout you know the static and all the rest of it the broken the broken line so to speak but uh, it cut me off as we had uh, one more question to go before the end so not bad we got about 90 percent of the way through the chat but i was only allocated about 25 minutes to half an hour which is never going to be enough time to cover all of the questions that I actually had planned. So I wrote out about 15 or so questions. I was only able to ask uh, four or five or thereabouts. Maybe, just maybe, I'll have another opportunity to chat to Eric. And if I do, well, you'll know about it because I'll bloody well post it. Now, before we get to the chat, if you're listening via the podcast apps, the usual ones, Spotify, Apple, and God knows whatever else is out there. There's so many these days. You're going to listen to a tune to give you some context about how magnificently mighty this album is from Watain. Ceremosa is a song that I've picked, and you'll hear why throughout the chat. Unfortunately, if you're listening via YouTube, I can't play it. That's another thing. You won't be watching any video on YouTube. And the reason for that, Eric didn't have his video switched on. Look, my thoughts and opinions on the matter are that if... Eric or anybody else calls through on Zoom or connects through on Zoom and they don't have their video switched on, they know it's video. They're going to switch it on if they want. He didn't. I didn't ask. Sometimes I think it's going to ruin the dynamic. More often than not, I don't really care, to be honest with you, because the chat, the conversation is the most important thing. You can imagine he's there because he certainly is. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, here's the song. If you're listening via the podcast apps, Ceremosa, via YouTube, Here's the chat. Let's go.
One final note before we kick into things, the KK I'm talking about in the introductory exchanges is KK Warslut from Destroyer 666. Andrew. G'day Eric, how's things mate? Pretty good, I'm sorry I'm a bit late, I got held up here. Oh, don't, don't mention it mate, I think you're at the end of about five or six of the, a block of five or six if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something like that, but then I got Europe after that, so. Oh my God. I mean, no, but it's cool. It's fine. Sweet. That's a cool yeah. shirt. Yeah, you, you know the band, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Good friends. I, I actually, yeah, I actually wore it in, in tribute of you both. I've got to be honest with you. Yeah, they only, they only produced about 50 of them, I think, and I managed to snag one. So, I, yeah, uh, exactly. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. They're, uh, they're bastards, though. They don't like to do interviews. I've, I've asked to reach out to KK many times and just uh, said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm an Aussie and I'm a normal bloke. I actually give you production oversight in terms of I'll send you. I've done this a few times, right? You know, some of the ex-members of Cradle of Filth, and I'm sure you know, have an axe to grind. And, uh, yeah, they want production oversight, editorial oversight, I should say. And I've said oh, shit. All right. That's <laughs> advanced. <laughs> oh, I just, mate, I'm a... You know how it is. So we, we've had a few conversations before and I would never expect you to remember them, but look, I'm a dad and householder and I've got a mortgage and shit and we love this, you do this, and I never want to detract and be a part of all of that fucking clickbaity bullshit, you know? Yeah, well, I I, I mean, the way I know KK, he's just, uh, he, he walks his own uh, path in life and he's, he's different from a lot of people that I know and definitely very different from a lot of people that, you know, do interviews on regular intervals so mm -hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm not surprised but it's a shame it's a man who's got a lot of interesting things to say he a does. lot of bullshit too, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll actually if, if he'd ever be up to it i'll write books you see and uh i'd uh, i'd love to write something right. semi-autobiographical for him you know ghostwriter or whatever yeah exactly that 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 would have been something <laughs> Yeah, he's just got to open that door, I think. I don't think he ever will, to be honest with you. He loves the uh, – well, it's, I don't think it's an act either. It's just he's got that he's, – he's hidden from worldview. You know, he just appears on stage every once in a while. But you're one of the few people that is really good mates with him. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, how have the how have the phone calls – they're not phone calls anymore, are they? They're all Zoomers and Skypes. But how have they been going? Have they been – have they been interesting or have you had, have you had fairly decent conversations? <laughs> Uh, it's it's uh, it's high and low. Um, mm. It's agony and ecstasy. <laughs> but but uh, but but but, uh, but it's um, there's it's been mostly good uh, to be honest. It's it's a cool album to talk about, and Vatain uh, uh, is a it's a pretty presents a pretty wide scope of subjects to talk about, even if it's mm. like the most uh, you know standard questions. When answering them from a Batain perspective, they still become pretty. I don't know. You can elaborate on them, you know. So, so yeah. it's it's been good. I, I enjoy it actually. It's you know. I, I think that uh, I mean I've done I've done quite a bunch now, and and in general, it's been like a pretty cool experience. I, I like try. talking about stuff that I like. You know, so. I was uh, I was really surprised at how how uh, much I enjoyed your conversation with Rob Flynn because I've got to be frank with you, I don't like the guy at all. But um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, but no, uh, you know he's he's a bit of a virtue signaler and a lefty and all the rest of it. But he he you know what he did? He allowed you to speak. He allowed you to speak your mind on on subjects without interrupting you, and, and that's a skill. Yeah, yeah. No, but that was cool. I, I didn't really, I, I, I just, you know, I had a few interviews that day and uh, 
and that, that was one of them and i never realized how big a thing it would have become but I, it, it was good it was it was a good talk i mean i i just i just knew that he was from the bay area. i never listened to his band or anything but 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 i knew that he was from the bay area and that we had a that he had you know that he knew a lot of good bands from there I, i've always been pretty into that that scene not not the the thrash scene from there but but the uh, uh but the, like death metal scene from around there so oh, there's, oh, there's some killer bands from san francisco outside of the big four yeah. aren't there there's some amazing bands yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but uh, look, uh, I've probably only got another 20 minutes or so uh, to chat to you. And uh, look, I, I am a longtime fan of the group, I must say. And uh, cool. the, the, yeah, be, been around for about, I don't know, 15, 16 years, about as long as I think you can realistically be from Australia. You know, I mean, it's hard. We right. back in the early 2000s, you know, we sort of caught on to things five to 10 years after everybody else, just with the nature of the way the media was at the time. That's all gone now. It's all very flat, as you know, globally. Um, but I, I've got to say, look, the agony and the ecstasy of Watain, I haven't lived with it long enough to make any genuinely bold or grand declarations, but I must say, on first impressions, I think you've knocked it out of the park here. It, it's an album that's different, and here's the key point. It is. It, it sounds like it's the equal to the fire and majesty that you created on Trident Wolf Eclipse, which I feel is the strongest album uh, by the group to date. So w- w- was oh, there really? any? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, lo- I love your later work. I, I like your earlier work, but I've got to say, I think you're just getting better. Um, Thank you. You know, the production's great. I think you've learned how to articulate the music, you know, the lyrics are one thing, but getting the music to make the point. And when I talk about fire and majesty, they're the two words that come to mind when I think of Watain. You know, just just magnificent um, hellfire and brimstone on stage. You've captured it. You're lightning in a jar that way. There's a few bands. There's Pantera. There's you guys. Jesus, outside of that, it's tough to sort of know where to go, to be frank. But with this album, mate, was there anything specifically that you were looking to achieve? Um, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, it, it's uh, it's great to hear that kind of analysis. And one of one of uh, the things you said has has a bit to do with 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 my answer, and it's that <clears throat> I've always been a bit uh, uh, confused by how most bands especially in in death and black metal all walk the same path from being like super wild super good in the start and then mm. becoming like increasingly tired increasingly mm. like i don't know unmotivated Boring. less radical and so on right mm. i always been a bit like confused by this uh, i don't I, i mean the the way i Uh, experience it is that the longer you do this the the more it fills you up the the more it the more you become one with it the more skill you acquire of course you know and and so on and then here's that's a very important point for me and one of the things that i was inspired by when when writing this album was the idea of, of being able to prove to people that well you can also do it this way you can also have a band for 25 years and release your seventh album at 
on nuclear blast and having it be you know like a climax like a kind mm-hmm. of crescendo of, of like a culmination of, of of what you have done in the past i think i think that's that's the way you should always approach uh, uh an album but 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 it's definitely how we approach this one and i'm glad that it comes across if i got, understood you right mm-hmm. i'm glad it comes across that way uh, i i think it's uh yeah, I think it's a good uh, point to be able to prove, and I am, uh, t- to be honest, it wasn't even that hard, <laughs> you know. <laughs> or, or it, it was like, I mean, yeah, okay, let's let's take let's let's see where we're at. Let's see what we have. Uh, let, let's see what we have acquired in terms of you know self awareness, in, in in terms of wisdom, in terms of strength, in terms of technical skill in terms of musicianship and and or yeah like artistic skill in general and take it from there yeah well you've done it you've done a magnificent job yeah now what what motivated the move from nuclear blast to nuclear blast from century media uh well basically because our story is one of escalation and one of the uh, constant increasing uh, and i don't re- i don't mean that necessarily in you know in terms of success or or uh, or or wide how wide you reach but mm. but that's also a part of it or it's a result of, of of being on a on a path of constant escalation and uh, and uh, i i see it as a uh, Actually, I think it, it's 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 not that far fetched for a band like Rotten to be on the biggest metal label in the world. We have we have devoted our entire lives to to what we're doing, and we want the best people to work with it. You know, the the ones that have the biggest muscle, that ones that ones that has the greatest capacity. That's that's what we're going to need to, to continue. So that's, that's great. And we, we, it was, there were some interesting initial meetings before we signed, you know, when we were, I mean, we always do that when, when we are looking at a potential collaboration with anyone, we always make sure that we expand as much as we need to on the fact that Batain works a little bit differently than perhaps other bands that they are used to work with, you know. And and yep. I think it's especially important with a with a label that has such a uh, commercial impact as Nuclear Blast has. I think it's super important for uh, for us to have them know that that this is going to be a little bit of a different ride for them, you know. And and that mm. that there might be. Uh, that they might uh, realize that we have a bit of a different focus, a bit of a different approach that maybe is more—I uh, don't know—less less less business strategy and more and more uh, spirituality and more, mm. uh, more more an artistic approach in general. I think so. so that was that, and that's always a little bit interesting because we also work with with, with obviously quite radical ideas and then expressions right with Batain. Yeah. i mean that's 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 what we do and uh, and uh, yeah so those meetings were were 
uh, it, it would have been probably been fun to be a fly on the wall in those meetings for a lot of people because you know, they, they were a, a little bit tense sometimes, a little bit awkward. But I got to yeah. say that that uh, that the nuclear blast team has been. I think they're motivated by by uh, working with uh, something that is a little bit different from what they're used to. That's yep. my impression, and yep. they are they are doing a fantastic job. I mean, they're they're fucking they're on top of their game. Mm. Did Marcus reach out to you from Atomic Fire? Because I mean, you are you definitely one of you're one of the biggest metal bands in the world these days. Um, I, I, I you go. we had our mindset on we had our mindset on Luther Blast. We weren't really interested in anything else, and uh, we we uh, we wanted to work with the people that were at that that we work with now. You know, so so. Yep. So not, nothing else was really interesting for us at that point. We, I mean, it was our decision. Uh, it was our move, not not anyone else's. That that yep. made us sign to Nuclear Blast. I, I get the impression someone would be hard pressed to force you guys to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's not really how we work. And I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, I I. I take a bit of pride, I suppose, in, in being able to look back on everything we have done with Vatain uh, having come from the band and not from anywhere else. I mean, of course, we have had tremendous help from, from good collaborators and people that have been working for Vatain and labels that have been working for Vatain, but, but all the substantial decisions were made by the band and all, and all the, the crucial moves were made by the band. And and uh, they they were all internal decisions. They, they were never they never came from like external push or anything like that. And, and I, I mean, I that, that that's something that I guess you know matters perhaps more to to us personally than to anyone else. But 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 it is uh, it is a fact, and I think it's uh, for me it makes sense also to to underline it because it it uh, ultimately it also corresponds with our with what we talk about in our in our work, you know, that we talk about uh, independence and we, we talk about uh, freedom and liberation and, and we talk about a radical path forward that that is that is not made up by anyone else than 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 yourself. Hmm. Very independent, very spiritually and uh, physically independent. I love that about you guys. And uh, look, something about. Something about the new album as well. Uh, you've got a tune on there that I haven't heard, the style of which I haven't heard you write before, Ceremosa. Now, it's one of those tunes that it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. There is something very, very special about that particular tune. Do you feel the same way? Thank you, Andrew. Um, yes, I definitely do. And we, uh, uh, I think we look for those moments in general as 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 uh, musicians and as composers of music uh, those are the uh, those are the crucial moments you look for kind of when, mm. when you write like and I'm and 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 you cannot keep them at a constant uh you, you you can't have them coming constantly you can't you know you cannot build your entire uh musical output on, on these kind of things but 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 they have to be there uh they and and i i definitely agree that ceremony says is is a song that that carries a lot of those uh, uh moments in that sense and and uh to me 
well, I mean, as a as a lyric writer, it's it's such a uh, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's a it's a it's a very nice and and uh, rewarding <laughs> uh, thing to be able to write words to to that kind of music. It it becomes like. Um, uh, I don't know. It, it it's like uh, building a. No, I, I don't really know how to put it, but 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 yeah. but it, but it's but it's it's it's, it's definitely it, it, it's definitely those kind of songs that kind of make me go go forward, you know, and 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 progress mm. and 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 just enjoy what I do uh, still, you know, after yeah, all this time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the other one that I'm really enjoying is Leper's Grace because at the uh, two minute oh. 30 mark there, you had to kill a tune. And I suppose you'd call it around the middle eight if it was rock music or whatever, but uh, about the two minute 30 mark, there's this almighty thrash riff that kicks in that I'm, that I'm sure yeah. KK might ask if you can borrow from you a bit later. <laughs> but it, yeah. lasts, it lasts for about one and a half measures. Do you know what I'm talking the, the bit that I'm yeah, talking I know. about? It's yeah, colossal. I mean, Thank look, you. I mean, most bands would would be able would 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 cut off their the end of their pinky finger for that for just that measure for those one and a half measures, but you've just left it in there as this uh, as just this sonic surprise and it just jumps straight out and hits you. So when right. you cra- when you're crafting a song, quality control has never been an issue for you guys. So how do you so- decide what goes where when you're assembling a bunch of killer riffs like that one into a song? Well, that particular song was was the only one that we actually finished in the studio, uh, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's it's built around material that we played together in the rehearsal room, bef- kind of as for just for warming up because it kind of got our blood pumping, but we didn't really know how to use it, you know, and and um, yeah, but but it was that kind of material to us and. Um, when we had the rest of the material completed, uh, complete the demo versions with with uh, vocals and lyrics and everything, um, we uh, took the decision to to finalize uh, what was to become Leper's Grace, and and uh, it was a matter of. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you're laying a, a puzzle and you have a thousand piece puzzle and you end up only having, you know, 10 pieces left. It's not that hard. You just yeah. fucking do it, you know, and, and that, that's a that's a very rewarding feeling to to arrive at at the end of a of a long and painstaking writing process to mm-hmm. just like. We got this material. We really want to use it. Let's just fucking put it together, and that's the, that's what it becomes. Mm. So, so that's great. And I'm glad you mentioned that track. To me, it's like, uh, well, I'm sure you can see why it's it, it it's it's special to me in in that sense, you know, because it's mm. it's the last one being completed and out of the material that we that we just felt really strongly for, but had had kept until the last, you know. Well, they're the two that jumped out. That's why I mentioned them. But um, the the other one, uh, that's a, I wouldn't call it a slow burner because you don't really have them. But uh, look, the we remain uh, with, with a female vocal. Who's the who's the lady that sung on that tune? So 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 um, the the um, the singer that, that that appears in the beginning is is an old uh, friend of the band. 
Her name is Farida Lemushi, and she sang in a band called The Devil's Blood mm-hmm. uh, together with her brother Selim. And Selim, in turn, he also played guitar for Watain for a while. They're from Holland, but 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 Selim uh, joined us on guitar for a few, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of US tours. And the Devil's Blood were a fantastic band where Farida sang. They did more of like the Rocky Erickson kind of uh, rock and roll, but mm-hmm. but with a, a quite psychedelic, very satanic, uh, and. Awesome. Um, and Selim, uh, Selim passed away a few years ago, but we remain in close touch with Farida. Uh, we have been traveling together as friends and playing music together for, for many years, but we have never recorded anything together. So, so uh, it was fantastic to finally be able to do that. Mm. Uh, we remain also deals with, um, to a certain extent, uh, it, it deals with uh, the dark mother the 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 the, mm-hmm. the, the feminine divine uh, uh and uh sure. i wanted a uh, i wanted a voice that was able to live up to that you know uh, you can't just have anyone and to me mm-hmm. farida is like fucking nina simone or or uh, edith piaf or something like that you know oh, she's she's not really yeah. a, she's not really a rock singer she's more like a classic singer and and uh, i don't know to stand in in the studio and hear her just deliver her her vocals on that song was just like that that's what that was a spine spine chiller yeah yeah i'm so glad you went down that route too and um look something else too um in terms of, I mean, your music can go in a lot of different directions, very intense, and I'm so glad that you picked somebody that comes from a different ballpark musically but spiritually is aligned. I've heard a lot of bands have gone down this route. There's only one band, in my opinion, that has actually done it right, which is Blind Guardian, classical. Okay. But but you guys can do it. Yeah, Metallica are fucking awful doing it. Um, I, I really can't stand those albums that they've done it with. And Rage did a pretty good job too, but you could do it, and I know you've got the the raw IQ to be able to figure that sort of thing out. So is that on the radar potentially somewhere down the, down the line? You mean like doing, uh, doing music together with like an orchestra? Yeah. Was that, more, was that- yeah, correct. But more like the way Celtic Frost did it with the Trypticon thing and Roadburn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm always, I always dream about projects like that. Um, mm. And and uh, they uh, they are always kind of uh, in the periphery uh, all the time. To me, I have a bunch of, of, of similar ideas, mm-hmm. uh, but but we do <laughs> we do things pretty slow with this band. We are very meticulous in what we do, and everything has to be quite right. And uh, which 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 might seem a bit strange considering how also often like savage and and uh, and, uh, and and full on and and brute force we 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 may be dealing with a lot of times but mm. but uh but we we are we are very cautious in in when it comes to like artistic work and, and uh, i uh, 
uh, th- that's that's the kind of thing you can't fucking fail with, you know. No, no. <laughs> like no, no. you really can't. It's like it it can become very. It can become like a fucking tumor on your on your work oh. as a band. I was nervous. I've got to say, I was nervous for Tom before the Tripticon thing. When they announced it, I was like, oh, if you fuck this up, it's going to affect your legacy. They didn't. They they knocked it out of the park completely. But I know oh, I hear I you loud and clear. Yeah. So that's where we got up to. Um, I asked about 30 seconds of my next question before I realized he couldn't hear me. So I just left in that last bit there because I could hear Eric acknowledging my statement there. So that's it. That's a conversation featuring Eric Danielson from Watain talking about, uh, amongst many things, their killer album for 2022, The Agony and Ecstasy of Watain. Now, I'd appreciate it if you could stick around and listen to my thoughts and feelings about my new book, Scars and Guitars, Volume 1. If you love listening to podcasts, well, you might love reading about them because I've written a book about so many of the people that I've interviewed for the Scars and Guitars podcast, including, funnily enough, as I mentioned throughout the chat, Eric Danielson. So here's the promo. I'd appreciate it if you could uh, show some support if you... Want to hit me up and have a chat about the book because you've bought it? I'd really appreciate that, as a matter of fact. Via socials, via the website, I'm easily found and I do communicate, as many of you know. If you reach out to me, we're all one big, happy musical community here. Anyway, here's the uh, here's a promo. Let's just call it a promo. And otherwise, until next time, it is a very goodbye for now. Cheers. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the the fans and the staying power of the the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, Playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silenos from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing 
complete piece of shit in there. I, I, I just I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was he was very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book. <laughs>